aka Tyrus. Welcome to episode 497. It's still Saturday. I it's it's October 1st. I'm a day behind everything. I, I'm going crazy, but you're here with me. You and me, we are here to talk about movies. We're talking about some some of the filmmakers I feel like are the greatest, are the most impactful, are the best of our era. You and me, our era. We ain't talking about Charlie Chaplin and the silent films. But we could. We're Alfred Hitchcock. We're talking Martin Scorsese, and I am your host, a.k.a. Paz Audio Audacity Podcast. This is what is ringing through your eardrums right now, and I thank you so much for joining me. I am nothing but grateful for all of your support as we race towards episode 500, going into the 31 Days of Dread. And holy crap, I just spent the whole morning at the drawing table watching The Batman and Matt Reeves is, I mean, the, the music alone, it's its mesmerizing. It, it, visually, it's hard to look away from, from this movie. It, it is, it's very much like Seven. It really is. Ju- just on the way that the detectives, basically Batman and Commissioner Gordon, are approaching the serial killer or, or the Riddler. It's it's interesting, and it is it's a nod, and it is a love letter, and and this is a little bit a part of these like discussions because we have Matt Reeves, modern day master, emulating, uh, saying thank you, saying hello to another modern master, David Fincher, uh, who is way overdue for a few Oscars. Let's be honest, he sure he should have really got it for a curious case of Benjamin Button. Or Social Network. Oh, Social Network is just, it's insane. It's insane that that movie is so boiled down and, and perfect. We're talking Martin Scorsese and, and leading into David Fincher and Matt Reeves. I feel like those two guys, so movies that are still relevant today, like every single movie that both of those guys touch, almost every, everything that Martin Scorsese touched is even relevant today. I'm just saying relevant a lot. But th- these guys... These guys that are in the mix today are inspired by Martin Scorsese or Sizzy. But he's still making movies. And, I mean, he's making movies all the way to a, an Oscar run with The Irishman 2019. Also should have been Best Picture. There's a few movies I haven't seen from our boy over here. And, and we're going to get into them. He's from the 70s generation. Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Francis Ford. Coppola, John Mallon, Millen. It's amazing. Or John Milius, I'm sorry. Let's get into it, though. 1967, Who's Knocking at My Door? This movie, uh, I bought this movie from Suncoast. Uh, I think it was like 40 bucks at the time. Had to, had to see it. Had to see it. Because what Morris says he has become, he's he's conquered his very own generation uh you at one point you thought guys like brian de palma because him making like what would be at the time his first like true mainstream movie with mission impossible the first one with tom cruise you would think like he has he had arrived but then he comes out with this snake eyes and and he his career really never recovered from that nicholas cage flick Real-time thriller, by the way. I mean, that movie shot in real-time, takes place in real-time. It's amazing. But Martin Scorsese conquered everyone around him. 1972, so five years later, Boxcar Bertha. 
I haven't seen. Sorry. 1973, Mean Streets. Harvey Keitel, amazing. Gritty movie. It is a predecessor, predecessor to Taxi Driver. 1974, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Uh, one of the emotion, there's just a, a, a emotion that bleeds throughout this movie. And I say bleeds because it gets into crevices it's not supposed to. There you go. That, that's a good critic line. 1976. This is, oh my God, even with the Joker just coming out, the Joker emulates Taxi Driver. I, I don't see it. A lot of people do, but I really don't. Taxi Driver is as relevant today as it was in 1976. 1977, New York, New York. Robert De Niro is back. Not too much to say about New York, New York. Just moving on. 1980, we have Oscars. We have black and white movie. We have one of the great sports movies, one of the great boxing movies. You know it, Raging Bull. 1982, more Robert De Niro, the king of comedy. This is uh, Robert De Niro. Nailed down an awkwardness in this role, and I want to say Scorsese identified it and was able to not only give a definition of a fading career path or the weirdness of young entertainment, young Hollywood, aging entertainment, aging Hollywood, of a passing of the torch, someone nipping at the bit. The king of comedy, anyone that makes a movie about a stalker or someone that, again, is just socially awkward and they're put, they put themselves in situations that they're not supposed to be in, they go to king of comedy as a template. What Robert De Niro did with this role uh, echoes throughout his entire career because there's like a sternness and then there's like a desperation. And that is in so many of his roles. I feel like that's a little bit of his personality also. 1985, Neo Noir. We talked about this not too long ago, After Hours. Just gotta watch it, gotta love it. 1986, one of the best sequels of all time. Sequel to The Hustler. Tom Cruise, Paul Newman, The Color of Money. The soundtrack, I, I own the vinyl for this movie. Uh, the vinyl soundtrack. I listen to it all the time. 1988, one of the ballsiest, most controversial movies. I've only seen this movie three times. The Last Temptation of Christ, William Defoe. This movie shook the world, and rightfully so. Now, it's also made by a right devout Catholic, I believe Scorsese is. Italian devout Catholic. He's all those stereotypes, but he makes this movie that challenges where we are. As a culture, as a society, as an audience member. This movie is ballsy, and rightfully so. I don't think he's made any wrong choices with The Last Temptation of Christ. It's one of the best biblical movies that we have. 1990, uh, what many consider the second or greatest gangster movie of all time, Goodfellas. I don't... I don't consider Goodfellas as good as Casino in 95, but we'll get to that. Cape Fear, 1991, another neo-noir movie. One of the best remakes of all time. Nick Nolte, more Robert De, Robert De Niro, you can argue, his best freaking role. 
1993, Daniel Day-Lewis, Michelle Pfeiffer, The Age of Innocence. Uh, there was a lot of this around the time. I, the last Emperor, the 90s period, Barry Lyndon-like uh, movies. Uh, again, it's a filmmaker's playground. Go with it. I can't address the plot. I've seen this movie maybe one time. Uh, don't recall it. Didn't, uh, didn't hate it. Like, you know, like, like the movie. Just don't recall plot points. Then here we go. 1995. I remember seeing this movie with my buddy Rob. Casino. Uh, Casino is the opus to Goodfellas. Uh, it's longer, more dynamic, more complex. There's more at stake. It's a bigger situation and is more frustrating to watch, uh, especially the downfall of Joe Pesci. We watch these gangster movies for the downfall of Joe Pesci. 1997 movie, I do not uh, recall, but getting back to The Last Emperor, we also had seven years in, in Tibet around this time, and then we have Kundun. Can't, can't talk about this movie at all. 1999, uh, again, always landing on 1999, bringing out the dead, Nicolas Cage. This is his most experimental movie. I believe a lot of this movie, he's inspired by Oliver Stone. This movie is a tour de force. This movie is it's it's art. And it's is probably his most artistic movie. Night 2002. This is now the what I would consider the modern day run. There's nothing bad. All of these are masterpieces. One is built on top of the other. Let me just go through the list. 2002, Gangs in New York. 2004, The Aviator. 2006, The Departed. 2010, Shutter Island. 2011, Hugo. 2013, The Wolf of Wall Street. 2016, Silence. 2019, The Irishman. If any of these you have not seen, watch them in the order I just dictated. Watch them by their release. Gangs in New York, it's his very heritage. It's the, the birthplace of, really, democracy in the U.S. New York City, the five points of New York City. Was I disappointed a little bit with this ending? I was, but at the same time, the point of this movie, it's that there's bigger things at play than tiny squabbles, and your squabble means nothing. And I don't know why, but it, it now fits and it now works, and I love it. Probably a little bit of an aftermath of the George Floyd riots here in Philly, uh, to be honest. The Aviator, I was just watching this the other day. It's always on, always playing. Got me more obsessed with Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes is one of my idols. I love you so much, Howard. R.I.P. Live forever. The, the Departed. Another remake, boiled down version of Internal Affairs. The Departed is it's also uh you know similarly metaphor to Black Mass with uh Mickey Sp Spillane, right? Uh no, it's a Boston criminal guy. I'm forgetting his name, but Jack Nicholson plays him. Johnny Depp plays him for Black Mass. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. Oh my god, I can't I cannot remember. So sue me. The Departed is worth all the accolades it didn't get enough accolades didn't get enough awards that movie uh, changed everything also a great gangster movie then we have shoulder island one of the great surreal gotcha movies uh best thing again more collaborations with leo his fourth movie in the row 
collaborating with Leo. Hugo, uh, this is a uh, huge, hugely overlooked, underrated, uh, Oscar-nominated, even though, like, I believe the Oscars were nominating 10 movies at this time. Hugo is, it's whimsy, and he nails whimsy. Uh, to contrast, contrast Hugo with Steven Spielberg's uh, BFG, and you will see the difference. Uh, Scorsese is a true genius and uh, student of film. He's a as much of an encyclopedia as Quentin Tarantino. When you, when you have that much in your head, it also translates to how much you can share, how much you can access. You're almost like a computer. Hugo is a definition of that. Well, for Wall Street, Leo's... <sighs> Maybe his best performance. Maybe. I don't know. He's so good in Aviator. Wolf of Wall Street would be his second best performance. Third best would be Basketball Diaries. Silence. Uh, yeah, everyone was silent on this movie. Should have had a, another Oscar run. Uh, this movie just reminds me of Robert De Niro's The Mission. Uh, but this, uh, this movie is tough. It's tough. It's tough. It really is. It's worth every single scene you see it in. Also, big shout out to Andrew Garfield. Uh, Heartbreak Ridge was also around this time with Mel Gibson. Uh, you know, like state statement level movies. That's all I'll say. And The Irishman is really what I felt like uh, maybe maybe the best movie of 2019. If not, uh, if you know, like it really deserved the Oscar. Should have got more. Yeah, uh, we're dealing with a little bit of the progressive uh, nature of the Oscars now, so a lot of these movies will get overlooked. Even though, if you watch, uh, if, if I, I was reading um, Bobby Bobby Kennedy's uh, biography, and the way how they speak about how the Irish came over here on their boats, uh, yeah, um, scary, uh, you know, and uh, you know, kind of equal to other moments in his history that are more on the lips and tongues. Of us, meaning the Irish had it, they had it so bad, they really did. But, um, you know, and it's just meaning like, you know, like, I guess the point I'm getting at is, is if you're going to be progressive, you have to honor the play of the Irish, you really do. Anyway, in 2023, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, and this looks like uh, it's from Paramount Pictures, but it's gonna be an Apple Plus TV, so because I'm gonna have to get Apple Plus next year. But everyone, Martin Scorsese. Uh, or Scorsese, as a lot of people like to say. Now, like, should should we go into? I don't know if I. I mean, awards nominations combined, he's got ninety one Academy Award nominations and twenty wins. Jeez, Aviator eleven, Hugo eleven, The Departed five, The Wolf of Wall Street five. Irishman, 10. Raging Bull, 8. I mean, it's nearly every single movie. At least one nomination. The only movies he's made that hasn't... No opera, no nominations is After Hours, The King of Comedy, and New York, New York. Unbelievable. I mean, that says it all. So, next up, the, the, this is who I consider is... If there's a two-headed dragon, for separate reasons, for the two greats ever... It's going to be our next one. 498 will bring us Ridley Scott. And then we're going to reveal who I feel is the greatest filmmaker of all time. I'm kind of like boiling it down to to this. You know, like if maybe Four-Headed Dragon. I would bounce Steven Spielberg at this point for Bobby Falsay. Sorry, Steven. 
Uh, I know you listen to this. But anyway, everyone, rock and roll. I love you. Next episode, 498. Let's go.